As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, listeners. Jess here. Have you heard our newest show, Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches? Winnie Taylor is just a teenager when her mother dies, sending her to Cleveland to reunite with her dad, a former football player. It's an inspirational story about sports, family, and learning to overcome the barriers that hold us back. Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches has something for everyone. Action-packed football games, a story about friendship, and a father-daughter story that will warm everyone's heart. I know you're going to love it. Follow Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free with a GZM family subscription. Head to gzmshows.com for more. Shh, it's starting. There are kids in this world who are different. Special. I think it's a hoverboard. They look like us and they act like us. But they are not us. Your other nature. Who wants a selfie with the Grim Reaper? There's a girl flying in the water. Find the treasure I She belongs to the world of the good. It's a broken locket, exactly like mine. Talk! Run! GZM shows. Mars Hour. Imagination Amplified. Hey, Big Fib listeners, it is summer vacation here at the Big Fib, so for the next few weeks, we will be re-airing some of our favorite summer-themed episodes like ice cream, camp, and roller coasters. We hope you have a great summer break, and we'll be back with new episodes starting in August. Two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Ferris, Texas, this is The Big Fib. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. <laughs> yes, it is. Welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the positive G's of truth and the free-falling dark rides of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live in Studio Audience. That is, and always has been, and forever will be correct. And what is also correct is that one of those sounds that Lisa shares is the sound of a listener question. That is also previously, presently, and predictively correct. Lovely. 
So can you share a listener question with us now, Lisa? Well, Deborah, seeing that now would fall under the category of presently, yes, I can and will share a listener question now. Uh, uh, now. No, uh, now. Uh, now. Uh, now. Hey, Lisa, I'm Chelsea, and I wondered if you were to make a movie, what would the name be? Wow, Chelsea. It's as if the two of us are connected in some cosmic way, because I was just now thinking about all the great names for the many, uh, many, uh, many movies that I would make. (laughs) No, sorry, sorry. Scratch that. That I will make. Some of them are as good as done. Really? You've written a number of screenplays already? Not physically written, Deborah. More like conceptualized. Hmm. I just have to download all the genius that is currently coded in my central processing unit. It's a minor hiccup. I see. Mm-hmm. And the names of these films you are conceptualizing? Right, right. Uh, names. Uh, or should I say titles? Because that's showbiz talk for film names. <laughs> did you know that, Deborah? <laughs> I did. Thank you. Oh, you did. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I've conceptualized screenplays such as The Wizard of Bots, Bot Story, and Mary Botbins. Um, no. Um... And then there's Finding Androido and Sound Effects of Music. Wait, Lisa, <laughs> those are already movies. You've just changed the words here so that you've made them sound like they're about robots. But... And this one, this one is going to be a classic. How to Train Your Podcast Host. Okay, just no. Those are all pretty much taken. That's impossible. I haven't even downloaded the screenplays yet. Okay, well, when you do, you're definitely going to have to consult with a lawyer to make sure you're not conceptualizing anyone else's ideas. And in the meantime, can you please conceptualize, download, and tell us how our game works? This show already has a name, right? Yes, that would be the big fib. Okay, but I I think we should consider changing it to, uh... Lisa's Podcast? How we play the game, please. Fine. Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert, the other is a liar. Yeah, you said we wouldn't do it, and we did it. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who, because no one can spot a liar better than a kid. What are we lying about today, Deborah? We are lying about amusement parks, places with attractions made up of rides and sometimes shops and entertainment. And we're going to learn all about amusement parks along with our contestant today. Who might that be, Lisa? Our human child contestant is a nine-year-old who enjoys learning about extreme weather, like tornadoes, hurricanes, and grumpy snowstorms. <laughs> Milo Kellermeyer. Hi. Hi, Milo. How are you? Good. Excellent. I'm so glad to hear it. Tell us, please, what you love about these extreme weather things, these experiences. I mean, they're cool. It's like sort of a mystery how they form, but there's nothing funner than mystery except for gaming. I like that. Okay, true. What are some of your favorite extreme weather conditions? Tornadoes, hurricanes. um... Grumpy snowstorms. That's one of them, right? Yes. It's like, oh, I don't want to snow. (laughs) What about, is there such thing as a dust devil? Yes. What is that? 
So, in the desert, it can get tornadoes, except not the usual type of tornadoes that form from a thundercloud. It's a type of tornado that is caused by swirling wind, and it picks up the sand and sort of makes a tornado made out of dust. Wow. Oh, like a dust devil. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wow, that's pretty cool. I love that you're so interested in those kinds of extreme weather conditions. are very cool, but a little scary, too. You don't want to actually go near them, do you? No. Once I was in this really scary weather called light drizzle, and I got water on me, Deborah. Okay, that is scary for a robot. Lisa, you should not leave the house when there's a light drizzle. I'm never going anywhere again. No, that's okay. We will make sure that we dress you properly the next time. I want a raincoat. Why don't you use your robotic systems to make an automatic umbrella? Milo, you're you're promoted. (laughs) You're a genius. I love that idea. You got to stick around, okay, Milo? Okay, well, we do want to learn some more fun facts about you, Milo, but we're going to do it playing our game Two Truths and One Lie. You, Milo, are going to tell us two truths and one lie, but in no particular order, and then we have to figure out which one might be the lie. So, Milo, what are your two truths and one lie? I have a fire alarm collection, I have a pet bull terrier named Peanut Butter, and I can name all the planets and dwarf planets. Wow. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of creative thinking behind these two truths and a lie. What do you think, Lisa? Well, one of them is obviously true, that he can name all the planets and dwarf planets. Anyone can do that. You just, you look, hey, that's Bobby. Oh, look, there's Rena. <laughs> oh, hey, Tammy, nice to see you. So that one, that's true. Anyone can do that. So then we're down to two. We have, what was it, a pet bull terrier? Yes. Named Peanut Butter? Mm-hmm. And a fire alarm collection? Mm-hmm. Well... No, no, peanut butter, peanut butter, not now. No, 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 get out of Oh, me, wait a butter. minute. I'm trying to be influenced. I like this. <laughs> He's smart. This is a clever young man. This Milo is playing me. Let's see. <laughs> I feel like if you had a fire alarm collection, you would probably be hearing some sort of beep right now because one of the batteries would be needing to be changed. So I'm going to say that one is the lie. And therefore, he has a a dog. I see. (laughs) Okay. All right, Milo, which one of those facts is a lie? I have a pet bull terrier named (gasps) Peanut Butter. I don't have a dog. I wish I had one. Brilliant. Oh, my gosh. Let's get to this fire alarm collection. This is a real thing? Yes. How many fire alarms do you have? I don't know, probably about 10. Wow. Did you rip them off walls? During, like, any holiday, me and my mom sort of look through Amazon to find, like, cool fire alarm pole stations, and we don't put them on the wall. I just keep them in my closet, and then if I feel bored, I can just go out and get them. But they don't actually work, right? So if you pull down on the lever, it wouldn't make a big alarm sound, right? No. No, okay. Well, I think you're going to do very well on our game today. Don't you think so, Lisa? I have utmost confidence. Excellent. Okay, so we're talking about amusement parks. Have you ever been to an amusement park, Milo? Yeah, one. When I was like four. Mm. I didn't go on the roller coasters, though. No, it's a little scary, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, we're going to learn about some amusement parks with our experts today. Lisa, can you please give us some welcome music for our amusement park experts? 
Harris Tapley. Harris, please introduce yourself to Milo. Hi, Milo. I am Harris Tapley. I'm a former Walt Disney Imagineer, and I'm a consultant in architecture and engineering for themed entertainment management at Halpern Close in Napier. Thank you very much. Our next expert is Leslie Harvey. Leslie, please introduce yourself to Milo. Hi there, Milo. I'm Leslie Harvey, and I travel to Disneyland and other theme parks and write about it. Thank you very much, Leslie. Tell us about those sounds you're parading out for us, Lisa. Strike up the band, Deborah, because it's hot seat time. <laughs> yes, it's hot seat time. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Milo's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Leslie Harvey, because both her first and last name could be first names, just like you, Deborah Goldstein. (laughs) Maybe in some parts of the world, but none that I know of. Okay, very good. All right, Milo, what is your first question for Leslie? Is there an amusement park you really want to go to and why? Yes, there are over 400 amusement parks in the United States alone, so I haven't been to a lot of them. I go to Disneyland all the time, but the one that I really want to go to soon is Hershey Park. Everything's themed around chocolate and candy, so that's one that's definitely on my list for as soon as possible. Deborah, take me to Hershey Park. I want to go there. She just said there's a theme park made of chocolate. I want to eat Mm. all the rides, Deborah. I don't know if it's made out of chocolate. Leslie, is the theme park made out of chocolate? I think that would get a little bit icky during the summertime. Okay, just give me a candy bar, okay, Deborah? Just give me something. (laughs) I can do that. Milo, what is your next question and for whom is it? This one's for both of you. What is a typical day at your job like? A typical day for me really starts with the structure of the type of amusement park that we're going to put together. So it comes with storyboarding and creating a theme for what the amusement park is going to look like. And then going to a 3D model or even a computer program like Planet Coaster and working to create a design for an amusement park. Wow, cool. So a lot of my typical days are pretty boring. I'm just sitting at a computer writing tips about theme parks for other people to read. But on the days that I actually get to go to theme parks, I am just busy, busy. I am riding all of the new rides. I am looking for tricks and tips to share with other people who want to visit those parks. I am there from the very first minute the park opens until it closes down, often at midnight. And I have been in theme parks some days where I have gone on over 25 rides in a single day. Do you get a special pass so you get to go to the front of the line because you're writing about it? Sometimes the theme parks do have media events and I get to go to the front of the line at those. But other times I just have to wait in line like everybody else. And that's helpful. That helps me write about what other people should do when they go to theme parks. Okay. Milo, back to you. This one's for Harris. What happens to old amusement park rides when a park is closed? They go to an amusement park ride zoo, and they get to live the rest of their life happy. 
Oh, that sounds nice, but I don't know if that's yeah. actually true. And then you can go pet them? <laughs> oh, probably not. It might not be exactly true, yet we do try to recycle and repurpose as much as we can. We'll sell them to other amusement parks. And for the ones that we really can't do anything with, we crush down in junkyards and turn them into anything else that metal would turn into. Uh, a can of pudding? Or a robot, maybe? <gasps> oh my gosh, Deborah! what if I'm an old amusement park ride? Maybe you are, Lisa. Oh, wait, it's coming back to me. I'm seeing my old life, Deborah. Are you? Oh, yeah, it's just a bunch of sweaty butts sitting on me. <laughs> Get away from me, sweaty butts! Get away from me! Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no, we're going to have to verify. Maybe we'll get one of those 23andMe kits or something for you, Lisa. And then we'll well, think- for robots, it's just one and zero in me. <laughs> good point. Very good. Those were excellent questions. Very good. How would you like to get all of your favorite Gen Z media podcasts in one place, plus exclusive shows and early releases? I would not like that. No? I would love it! Okay, well then hurry over to the App Store or Google Play and download the GZM Shows app, available for iOS and Android. What's up, Android? Hi, it's me, Jess. Support for The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter. Full disclosure, I have a cat, and his name is Arlo, and I'm obsessed with him. And when Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he needs a trip to the vet. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one reason why I use Pretty Litter. And I kid you not, before we got this sponsor, I was already using Pretty Litter for two years. And it's great! It's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, it's super light base minimizes mess and dust, and Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. But here's how Pretty Litter helps me with my cat's health. It changes color to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. I swear, you and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as me and Arlo do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, it's time for the Shorts on Fire round, when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Milo will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, you'll need a fast pass to get through this round. All right, Milo, we're going to start with Harris. You can ask your Shorts on Fire questions now. Where is the oldest amusement park? It's in Bakken, Denmark. Who designed the first Ferris wheel? George Washington Gale Ferris Jr. What is the name of the roller coaster that one drop has at least 400 feet? Stratacoaster. Where can we find Cedar Point Amusement Park? Cedar Point, Ohio. What theme parks have Spider-Man rides? Islands of Adventure in Orlando and Universal Studios in Japan. At which amusement park were Granny Apple Fries invented? Disappointment Land. (laughs) Bush Gardens. Name two amusement parks in Florida. Uh, Disney World and NASCAR Speed World. What kind of rides usually spin around in a circular platform? Centripetal. Which horses on a carousel have two back legs on the ground and two in the air? Shetlands. And that is time. 
I don't think there should be witch horses, is all I'm saying. There should <laughs> either be horses or witches. Not fair. Okay, no. All right, Lisa, would you kindly reset the timer? Yeah, because I'm not a witch horse. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, Milo, you can ask Leslie your shorts on fire questions now. Name two cities where there are Disney parks outside of the United States. Shanghai and Hong Kong. Name the movie about Walt Disney starring Tom Hanks, where many scenes were shot in Disneyland. Ooh, that was the movie about Mary Poppins, but I can't remember the name about it. Saving Private Disney. What does Disney call the people who work at Disney? Cast members. Amusement parks in the Middle Ages were known as what? That's a trick question. There weren't amusement parks in the Middle Ages. Which theme parks have a Harry Potter land? The two Universal Parks in Florida and also Universal Hollywood. What does Epcot stand for? Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. Which theme park has a boysenberry festival every year? Ooh, Knott's Berry Farm. And that is time. That's all time, sorry. Oh my gosh, Milo, good job. And well done, experts. It's decision time. Milo must try not to be flumexed by all the information he's been told today. Milo, who is our amusement park fibber? Hmm... This is a tough decision, but I am going to have to go with Leslie. Okay, why do you think Leslie is our fibber? I don't know. A lot of the things she said sounded kind of off. Okay. All right. Will the actual amusement park expert please say, I am the amusement park expert? I am the amusement park expert. Oh, dear, that is correct. Leslie Harvey is a travel writer who specializes in travel to Disneyland, Disney World, and many other theme parks. She writes the family travel blog, tripswithtikes.com. That means she gets to go to all those places and ride lots of rides, I'm guessing. Right, Leslie? Yes, that's right. All the time. 25 in a day. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. So, Leslie, how did Harris try to cut the line with lies? So there were a couple in the Shorts on Fire round. He mentioned the theme park being in Cedar Point, Ohio. It's in Sandusky, Ohio. Mm. He also mentioned that... Granny's apple fries were in, I can't remember the theme park he named, but they're actually in Legoland theme parks. Ooh, those sound good. Wow, very good. Okay, and Harris, it's your turn to confess your lies because fair is fair. (laughs) Absolutely. I also invented NASCAR race world or speed world. Mm -hmm. And the kind of rides that usually spin around on a circular platform are flat rides, not centripetal rides. Oh, but that sounded good. Yeah, thank you. And (laughs) horses on a carousel that have two back legs on the ground and two in the air are prancers, not Shetlands. Oh, I did not know that. And not witch horses either, Lisa. Yeah, they're not witch horses. I don't know why everyone thinks that. (laughs) All right. We've come to the end of our ride time. Thanks to our contestant, Milo, our amusement park and truth enthusiast. Thank you to our expert and liar, Leslie and Harris. And thanks to Lisa, 
our animatronic android. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into The Big Fib, where truth is the best attraction. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, why don't you visit gzmshows.com? And while you're there, why don't you find out how you can become a contestant on The Big Fib or send questions for me to answer on the show? And why don't you follow us on social media at The Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts? And why don't you all come over here and take me to an amusement park that is made of chocolate because Deborah's not doing it and I want to eat an amusement park. Please, I want chocolate amusement park. I'll get you some chocolate. I want to eat an amusement park. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at www.gzmshows.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.www.